Good morning. morning. Welcome to the Church of the Palms. My name is Sally Irwin, and I serve as an elder in our congregation. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. As we prepare for worship, let us bow our heads in prayer. Worthy of prayer from every mouth, of confession from every tongue, of worship from every creature, is your glorious name. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God forever. You created the world in your grace, and by your compassion you redeemed it. Heaven and earth are full of your praises. Glory be to you, O God most high. Amen. Now as we serve together, may our hearts receive his Holy Spirit, our ears listen to his word, and our voices be raised in praise to the glory of God.
Will you please stand for the call to worship? Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Let us worship God. Friends, we have been gathered in from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Our parade of nations reminds us today of the fact that today is World Communion Sunday and that beginning long ago, 
Long before this morning, nations from around the world have come to this table, to all their particular tables, to worship and to celebrate our redemption in Jesus Christ. Our, these 20 nations and cultures before us represent the 200 nations of the world, and we rejoice in the will of God in Christ that all people are welcomed at God's heavenly banquet. Every ethnicity inside of you and every ethnicity around you has a place at this table. And so we bring our full selves before the Lord, even those parts of us of which we are not proud, the sin and brokenness of our lives. Let us then confess our sins together. Eternal God, whose covenant with us is never broken, we confess that we failed to fulfill your will. Though you have bound yourself to us, we will not bind ourselves to you. In Jesus Christ, you serve us freely, but we refuse your love and withhold ourselves from others. We do not love you fully or love one another as you command. In your mercy, forgive and cleanse us. Lead us once again to your table and unite us to Christ who is the bread of life and the vine from which we grow in grace. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sin, nor requite us according to our iniquity. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. And as far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. Friends, believe in the good news of the gospel. Since the eighth century, Christians from all around the world have recited together the Apostles' Creed. Allow us then to affirm our faith together in communion with the world, the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and a life everlasting, amen. Let's now take a moment to greet one another.
Good morning. Welcome to this beautiful day in the life of Sarasota and certainly in the life of Church of the Palms. Let's give a round of applause to our little parade of nations over here. Yes, very nice. Taken with your beautiful, beautiful wardrobes. Those are, those are amazing. Especially this guy here in the front. That's, he's <laughs> kind of interesting. Anyway, we are delighted that you're with us this morning and we're thankful that we can in fact come to the table of our Lord and know that the peoples of the world are gathered with us and to know that we are one in Christ and to know that Christ wishes all to come to this table. So we hope that you will find uh, a real sense of being included in that and we hope that you will know that this is a place where you can be a part of the great family of God. We are blessed to uh, have uh, the chance to be at the intersections of the world, right? To have the chance to know that people will be coming to Sarasota from all different corners of the world. Perhaps you're one of them today and you're visiting with us and we would love to know who you are. We have a friendship pad which goes along the uh, pews, so sign that and uh, find perhaps some names there of people you may not know. We hope that will be the start of a conversation following our service so we can enjoy fellowship together. Fellowship is underneath the big oak tree out there under the courtyard and there's lots of uh, places of shade so you can find a place there perhaps to continue in uh, fellowship. We uh, are always seeking ways to open our doors to all sorts of good folks and we're delighted that in a couple of weeks we'll be having the chance to welcome a couple of families in our Family Promise ministry. We are in partnership with the Family Promise of Sarasota and uh, we'll be having a couple of families who are homeless uh, staying with us for a week's time, seven days, and we would love for you to help us out with that. Lots of different ways by which you can do that, not just hosting by being here, but also providing meals and providing other resources. So we would love for you to join us in that. And we have a table underneath the tree, so come underneath the tree and find out more about it. And we would uh, love to have you uh, share in that particular ministry. Trunk or Treat is coming up in a couple of weeks, actually the end of the month, um, but it's never too, long, never too soon to prepare for that. Trunk or Treat is an opportunity, again, where we get to throw open our doors to the community and uh, actually our, our trunk lids, actually, where we uh, line up cars around the uh, parking lot over by Bee Ridge Road and invite trick-or-treaters to come, not only to receive uh, trick-or-treat, but also to receive the message of the Bible. And it's a great opportunity for us to seize that moment. So if you'd like to learn more about that, we would uh, love to uh, inform you about that. So feel free to call the church office and we'll be glad to help you out with that or to see folks underneath the tree for that as well. Our Honduras mission is uh, uh, creeping up on us and we're delighted about that. February is the month where we uh, send two teams, uh, actually three teams uh, this year uh, to um, El Progreso Honduras where we'll have the chance to minister to people in all sorts of ways by providing a vacation Bible school, by providing a medical brigade to go down and to respond to people's medical needs and as well to provide a building brigade uh, to help with some construction. So if you have any connection to any of those gifts, or if you would just like to come along and encourage those who do, we would love for you to come and learn more about that today after our service over in the East Meeting Room, which is on the east side of the Campus Center. Uh, come and join us for uh, a little orientation and a briefing on what that trip is all about and how you might be a part of that. 
Um, I think hundreds of people over the years have been a part of the Honduras ministry in our church, and I haven't heard one that hasn't come back and said that their life has been altered, has been transformed by that experience. So we'd love for you to come and learn more about that uh, over in the East Meeting Room at 1015. Now let us continue our worship by the presentation of our tithes and gifts and offerings. <coughs> Yeah. 
Let us pray. Ever faithful Father, giver of all that is good and true and beautiful and life-giving, may your spirit of abundance, which gives more than we can ask or imagine, multiply these gifts for your kingdom and bear witness to the love of Jesus Christ to our neighbors near and far. In his name we pray, amen. You may be seated, and now we invite the children to come down for the children's moment with Carol. So we are going to stand up here. Come on up, have a st stand up. We're going to line up here. Uh, because it's World Communion Sunday, our children have um, prepared. We've, we're going to sing a song, an African song, which... Um, in Zulu, which means walking in the light of God, which is what we're doing all across the world today on World Communion Sunday. So great, good job. Hey, can you stand and lift up those
I think I saw some movement out there. <laughs> Whoa, who said the Presbyterians can't move? All right, that was wonderful. Give them another round of applause as they make their way out the door, yeah. Excellent, that was wonderful. Now you can get settled back into your seats for the, uh, for the sermon. We are in this uh, journey through the great story of God and we uh, have the last three weeks been in Genesis and looking at God's movement through the lives and families of uh, God's people. Uh, today we shift the story to the story of Moses. We've been hearing about Moses going down uh, to Egypt and the people of God have been in bondage in Egypt and God has, uh, has this plan, right, to move the story forward. So we uh, see God at work in Moses responding to the God's call at the burning bush, makes his way down to Egypt and uh, encounters and confronts Pharaoh. And in that confrontation, God is making his purposes known even to the likes of Pharaoh and then finally uh, the people of God are liberated and our story this morning is sort of in the midst of that liberation where the people of God are first delivered from the angel of death but then also uh, are led uh, to flee from Egypt into uh, the wilderness where they eventually will find their way to the promised land. So our story is from Exodus chapter 13 verses 1 through 8. Hear the word of God. The Lord said to Moses, consecrate to me all the firstborn, whatever is the first to open the womb among the Israelites of human beings and animals is mine. And Moses said to the people, remember this day on which you came out of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, because the Lord brought you out from there by strength of hand. No leavened bread shall be eaten. Today in the month of Abib, you are going out. And when the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, which he swore to your ancestor to give you, a land flowing with milk and honey, you shall keep this observance in this month. When the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, the Hivites, and the Amorites, seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. And on the seventh day, there shall be a festival to the Lord. Unleavened bread shall be eaten for seven days. No leavened bread shall be seen in your possession and no leaven shall be seen among you in all your territory. And you shall tell your child on that day, it is because of what the Lord did for me when I came out of Egypt. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. By your grace and through your mercy, O oh Lord, we get to reflect upon our own place in this great story of God and pray that you will open our eyes to how we have been a part of your liberation. Allow these words to come to point to the word just read and to the word made flesh in Jesus the Christ, for we pray this in his name, amen. Some of you have had the chance to travel to the beaches of Normandy, France, which served as the stage of one of the great military invasions in modern history. 
Many of us have seen the scores of movies that have sought to depict the fateful day of June 6, 1944, when Allied forces stormed the beaches of Omaha, Utah, Juneau, Gold, and Sword, and where thousands of men lost their lives. I've had the chance on two occasions to walk those beaches and to visit the American cemetery that hovers above Omaha Beach, the sea of white marble that serves as the final resting place of nearly 10,000 American young men. It is a sacred place where one is overwhelmed by the scale of life and sacrifice. My second visit to Normandy was in the company of two old soldiers, Jake McNeese and Jack Agnew, who in 1944 were American paratroopers in the 101st Airborne Division and served in an elite demolition unit affectionately known as the Filthy 13. A movie was made about them several years after called The Dirty Dozen. I don't have the time to tell you about how I came to visit Normandy with these men, but I will tell you about visiting the American cemetery with them. These two old soldiers walking through this sea of white stone, some of which carried names of young men they knew, young men they trained with, young men they jumped with, young men they fought with. We walked with these men as they sought the stones of those they knew and before them paused and prayed. Later, when I had the chance to sit and talk with Jake and Jack, I asked them what was going through their minds when they walked through that cemetery. And both of them in the very same second said, why me? Why me? It wasn't the why me of complaint or lament. It was the why me of wonder. It was the why me of wondering how it is that they got to live to tell about it. The why me of wondering how they got to live another 50 years and married and had children and grandchildren and walked in Memorial Day parades and and got to be at the VFW fish fry and attended their airborne company reunions. Why me? Why is it that I survived? Why is it that I was delivered? Why is it that I got to come back and give thanks for those who paid the greatest price? They knew it wasn't because they deserved it. They knew it wasn't because they were any better soldiers. They knew it wasn't because God loved and protected them more than the others. All they had was the why me of wonder, the why me of living in grace and fortune. There is probably not a more dramatic event in which to consider the wonder of why me than the randomness of a battlefield. But the truth is it wouldn't take much for you and me to come up right with the why me's of wonder in our own lives. Those moments or seasons or chapters in our lives when we can look back upon and wonder how is it that I got to be so fortunate. We may be tempted to explain it, to chalk it up to our own ability or our own ingenuity or our own faith or our own prayers or our own God. But of course, the why me of wonder is so much bigger than that. Grace and fortune, by definition, are not causal events. 
somehow, mysteriously, a conspiracy of grace was afoot to allow me to tell about it. When I was an inexperienced 16-year-old driver, I wrapped the family car with the family in it around a telephone pole going 50 miles an hour. And we all walked away from it. And I can't explain that. I especially can't explain it given the fact that I was a police chaplain for many years and I had the unenviable responsibility of informing families and next of kin that their loved ones had died in a car accident. Don't ask me to explain it, don't, and please don't tell me that God was looking after me because that would suggest that he wasn't looking after all the others. Why me, why do I get to live and tell about it, why do I get to be the one who walks away? It's too big to explain. It's too big to understand. And I'm left to wonder. Have you been left to wonder? Have you had those moments of deliverance, those moments of grace, those moments of fortune in your life when the inexplicable happened and you got kind of left to look either upward or inward and wonder how was it that I got to be so fortunate? Personally, I feel like I won the lottery when I think of the circumstances of my birth born into a stable family, a stable church, a stable country, half a brain to think with, people in my life that invested in me gave me a chance. I know that doesn't just happen, and I know how perhaps even seldom that happens. The cards, we say, get dealt in all sorts of ways, and I don't begin to understand how or why that happens, and I'm only left to wonder Actually, that's not true. No, I'm not left only to wonder because that's just half of the equation. I I'm also somehow left to offer some response. In, in my life and your life, if it is to have any real meaning, if our lives are to make any real sense, if there's to be any real purpose, if we are, it is to be lived in response to the wonder of why me? It is, I think, the issue that lies behind our story this morning. It's the story of the people of Israel, the story about this nation of slaves bound in Egypt. It's a story about a man named Moses who goes down, as the anthem tells us, goes down to Egypt in response to God's call and leads this, na this nation of slaves to deliverance. And they are delivered almost despite themselves. They are delivered from the angel of death. They are delivered from the hardened heart of Pharaoh. They are delivered from the barriers of the sea. They are delivered from their own fear and hesitation and lack of faith. God seems always wanting to push their story forward, always wanting to push their story toward the good, even when they're complaining about it. And somewhere in the midst of it, according to our story today, a feast is instituted they call it the Feast of the Unleavened Bread. It is this feast that reminds them that they were once slaves. It is this feast that reminds them that they once had no way to freedom. They once had no hope. 
But then comes Moses, then comes the deliverance of the Lord, a deliverance so quick, so sudden, they don't even have time for their bread to rise. They've got to take the flat stuff, the dry stuff, just in order to catch up to the deliverance of the Lord. And it's this feast that reminds them Years, decades, centuries later is this feast that reminds them of the why me of wonder. Why, their children will ask, why? Why do we eat the unleavened bread? And they will say, oh, <laughs> it's because of the wonder. Dare we call it the wonder bread. The bread of the wonder of what the Lord has done wasn't because we were smart. It wasn't because we were clever. It wasn't because we were lucky. No, there was a conspiracy afoot. And we don't even begin to fully understand it. But all we know is that life is best lived in response to it. So we set, set aside the feast we pause and we wonder about how we might conspire our own lives to live in gratitude for what has been done for us. Albert Einstein said it this way, the most beautiful thing we can experience is the mysterious. It is the source of all true art and science. He to whom the emotion is a stranger who can no longer pause to wonder and stand wrapped in awe is as good as dead. His eyes are closed. So consider this. Today, we get to imagine that all the world, because it's World Communion Sunday, today we get to imagine that all the world, all these little communities of Christ, these little beloved communities, with their little loaves of bread are gathered around their own little tables, and the circumstances around which these tables reside are very different. Some tables are surrounded by prosperity like ours. Some, some tables are surrounded by war. Some tables are surrounded by persecution. Some tables are surrounded by grief. Some tables are surrounded by very little at all. Some tables are in the cathedrals of Europe, and some tables are in the bombed out houses of Syria. Some tables are in refugee camps in Lebanon. But no matter where the tables are, and no matter what might surround them, there is this world wide community that understands the story of Israel, that understands the story of the Christ, and that grasps the why me of wonder. The worldwide beloved community that pauses and wonder and stands in awe and marvels in the mystery of it and says, the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness is for all generations because, why? Because we've all got these stories, right? We've got these little stories of deliverance, these, these stories of unmerited grace, these stories of what, winning the lottery of life, these stories of the twists and turns that just so happen to go our way and the great big story of the Savior who loves us all the way to the cross and somehow we have resisted by God's grace the cynicism of the, of the day that might want to suggest that it's been either blind luck or getting what we deserve and we know it's neither. 
We know that there is some mysterious conspiracy afoot of grace in our lives that's trying to keep pushing our story toward good. And we've been left to wonder, and not just been left to wonder, but left to respond to the wonder. Why me? Well, we get to answer our own question. We are the world communion that gets to answer our own question. We are the world communion that gets to live in response to this wonder of why me? Why are we so loved? Why are we still here? Why do we walk amidst these graves? Why are we alive to tell about it? Well, maybe because to be in this communion is to be the hope of the world. Maybe we get to be the ones who answer to the pessimism and despair. Maybe we get to be the ones who stop complaining about how bad the world is. Maybe we get to be the ones who still believe in the mystery of awe and wonder and grace. Maybe we get to be the ones who are still counting on deliverance. Maybe we get to be the ones like Moses who actually bring the deliverance. Because aren't you tired of being bound to the bad news? Aren't you just tired of being held captive to fear? Aren't you tired of being a prisoner to cynicism? It's just no way to live. But today, we get to join the worldwide communion, the worldwide counter-terrorism unit. We get to gather together with the worldwide community of wonder and awe and grace. And today, we get to wonder in our own, why me? And today, we get to start answering our own questions.
Friends, we each have our own little story amidst the great story of God. We each have those moments when we look back to them and wonder, how could this have happened? How is it that I was left to speak about it? How is it that the tables turned toward me as opposed to against me? How is it that I am still loved by this gracious God who knows everything? Who knows everything? And yet still loves us, still sacrifices his life for us, still is willing to walk with us down our twisting and turning road. We all bring these stories to this table and we all are received by the arms and heart of a gracious Lord who welcomes us to this table along with all those other people that perhaps even we don't want to be here. But nevertheless, our Lord invites them to come and to receive the same grace. So friends, you are invited along with the world along with all the nations and cultures of the world to come to this table and find here the love and grace of our Savior, to find here the forgiveness of the one who died for us, and to find here acceptance, welcome, and find here the Holy Spirit who calls us not only to ask why me, but then to wonder what am I to do about it? So come and know that you are welcome. Hear the words of the institution of the Holy Supper of our Lord Jesus Christ as they are delivered by the Apostle Paul. I have, delivered, I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. At the same night in which he was betrayed, our Lord took bread. And after he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And after supper, Jesus took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you remember the Lord's death until he comes again. And he will come again. Let us pray. Gracious God, we find here the breads of the world, all of which point to the bread of life. We find here all the multiplicity of people, whether in person or in spirit throughout the world. And we thank you that your love is big enough to encompass all that as well as to encompass each of our own little stories. We pray, O oh Lord, that we may hear your voice calling to us as Moses heard long ago in the burning bush, a voice of calling that we would respond to the deliverance that we have received. So as we receive these precious elements, we ask, Lord, that they would become for us the heavenly banquet, that by your Holy Spirit, we would know how deeply we are loved. 
and that by your Holy Spirit we may receive our call. All this we pray in the name of Jesus Christ who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our Lord took bread.
to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. For surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Our Lord took the cup.
Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. And he who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we love God, but that God loved us and sent his son to be the worthy sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. For no one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Let us pray. Lord, you are worthy to receive honor and power. We praise you for your love and mercy in giving your only son, Jesus, to die on the cross to save us. By this offering of himself once and for all, your son made the perfect, complete sacrifice for the sins of the world and obtained and eternal deliverance for his people, enabling us to rise to new life. Therefore, we lift our voices to praise you, saying, Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory, Hosanna in the highest. We praise you in the name of the Lord we serve, Jesus. Amen. Thank you. 